Hi, guys, it's Dr. Sadaf, and I would love for you to like and share this podcast and make sure you leave me a review. I'd love those five stars. So please, when you send me a review, please make sure to put the five stars in and to share the episode with somebody that you know that could really use it. And I would absolutely appreciate it. Also, if you're looking to schedule an appointment with me, make sure you go to my email and put your name on the email list. You will be the first to know when I open up my office in spring of 2024. It's drsadaf.com. And last but definitely not the least, September 16th to the 23rd, 2024, I will be hosting a retreat with Dr. Basma Ferris in Morocco. You will be getting yoga and coaching and we'll be doing excursions and cooking and spa and hammam and all of that great stuff along with meditation. So make sure you don't miss out. Spots are limited. So go to the link in my bio in both Instagram and TikTok to make sure you register. Enjoy the show. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Salaf Lodi, and this episode is everything you need to know about intimacy coaching and sensate focus. So before I get into it, I want to make a few things clear, which I'm sure you guys remember if you've been listening to any of my podcasts, is that I'm definitely not giving any type of medical advice. So if you have any questions about your health, please go see your doctor and definitely not giving any type of religious advice. And so if you have any questions about your religion, please speak with your friendly neighborhood religious leader. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So this episode is going to be on intimacy coaching. And I know I've talked about that a few times, but I think it's really important because I feel like everyone could use a little bit of intimacy coaching. And so today's episode is going to be on intimacy coaching and sensate focus. And I love sensate focus. And I'll tell you all the reasons why once I start talking about it. But let's talk a little bit about the intimacy coaching. So, you know, what is it and really why should you even get it? So intimacy coaching is really coaching that has to do with like the medical and psychological support provided by an experienced professional for the treatment of sexual health issues. Now, you know, there are lots of like, if you go on Instagram or whatever, uh, you may see a lot of people that say they're intimacy coaches and really don't have the qualifications. So the things that I think are important for somebody to say that they're a sexual a uh, coach is somebody that has had training in sexual counseling and education, because I think that's really important. Somebody that, of course, has gone through a coaching program and somebody that you feel like you can really relate to, right? Somebody perhaps with similar backgrounds or somebody that's had similar lived experiences, because I feel like that really helps somebody to become open up and become vulnerable and to be able to state what their goals would be for coaching sessions and what they really want to try to get out of this coaching, right? So usually what happens is that when we have clients or patients, uh, not really patients, but clients that come to us for coaching, we like to make sure that uh, we have a goal 
right? You don't want to just go and start something and then you really don't know what you're looking for. So you really should think about what it is that you want to try to achieve when you go see a, a coach or any type of coach, whether it's like a life coach or a executive coach or anything like that. And what you want is to have a few goals, right? So for somebody that does sex coaching, you may want to go to them and say that, hey, you know, I'm having issues with, um, I grew up in a sex negative environment and I really want to move past and I want to move forward and I want to be, if not sex positive, at least sex neutral so that I don't uh, experience, say, vaginismus, right? Every time I try to have intercourse or I don't experience, if you're a man, perhaps erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation, right? That Those may be some goals that you have uh, if you go and when you go to go see a sex coach. Sexual health problems are often caused by a tangle of not only physical, but psychological factors. So we see that Oftentimes, you know, and you'll hear me say this again and again, that the biggest sex organ is actually the brain. So we have to really be sure that, you know, when you're engaging in some type of physical uh, intimacy, that you are fully present and that uh, you're able to really focus on what's happening and really be in tune with your body, right? And not be worrying about, let's say, like body image issues or having performance anxiety or any of those things, because then that takes away not only only from the experience, but then you're just thinking about that the whole time and not really present in the moment. Really a holistic approach to this whole intimacy coaching is the way to go about it. So it's you know ideal if somebody also has some understanding, at least basic understanding of the body and the physiological responses that happen in the body during intercourse or even just what happens in, let's say, foreplay or arousal or something like that, right? So you would get that if you went to somebody that was trained with sexual counseling and education, and they would have that information. They don't necessarily have to be a medical professional, but if you get somebody that's a medical professional like myself, um, you're really in luck because then I really understand not only the anatomical portions of the body and the physiologic uh, associations, but also the psychological component of it with the coaching and um, that comes when you're looking for somebody that is a sex coach. So now what exactly does this involve? So intimacy coaching does get involved into the medical aspects a little bit. And, you know, honestly, I would say that some uh, physicians do a little do dabble a little bit in coaching in the sense that you know they'll encourage you to let's say you know try to become more vulnerable with your partner and try to open up a little bit but they may not understand the full scope of coaching and really the two techniques involved for ad addressing a lot of the psychological aspects of sexual dysfunction are cognitive behavioral therapy and sensate focus. So I love doing both of those things. And we talked a little bit about cognitive behavioral therapy in the last episode with vaginismus. But again, I'm gonna just bring it up because I think it really is very important. And also, it, if you use this type of modality of therapy, then I feel like you can address so many things in life, right? So even if it has to do with your work, or if it has to do with relationships, right? We can really choose our thoughts. And if we're choosing our thoughts, we can really kind of change how we feel about say, you know, a person or about a situation in our life. And 
you know, there's a book that I like to reference to. And um, in that book, it's, it's called Positive Intelligence. But in that book, you know, he always says that you can always find something positive, regardless of what happens. And I think that really kind of retraining your brain, because our brain has a tendency to always go toward the negative, right? So everything is kind of like an all or none, and everything is so dramatic. And, and if we are able to change our thoughts, where we can find the positive, even if something bad has happened, then you know, you can really change how you feel and how you act. So Again, cognitive behavioral therapy is really uh, a therapy that can help you manage your problems by changing the way that you behave and you think, right? And a lot of times it's used for people that may be experiencing anxiety and depression, but it can also be helpful uh, for other types of mental and physical problems. And really, you know, the whole crux of cognitive behavioral therapy is really focusing on your thoughts. So focusing on your thoughts, your feelings, your sensations, and your actions are all interconnected. And so then if we're able to change our negative thoughts, then we're able to change our negative feelings, which will then change our negative actions. So we'll, the goal is with cognitive behavioral therapy is to change those thoughts to something that serves you and that helps you to move forward in your life. And um, it really helps also to break the negative cycle that you may have. And so there's another book that I really enjoy and that talks, it's called Soundtracks. It's by an author, his name is John Acuff. And what he talks about is that, you know, oftentimes we'll repeat certain things to ourselves in our head, you know, that maybe we're not good at something or whatever it is. And then those thoughts without us even realizing it start to become a soundtrack in our head. And then they kind of, every time something bad happens, we go back to those negative thoughts and we start saying, oh yeah, well, of course this happened because, you know, I'm not good at this, blah, blah. And, and it really doesn't serve any purpose except to make you feel even worse, right? So the better thing that you could do is when you think of those thoughts, those negative thoughts, you can try to just stop them. First and foremost is you acknowledge them that they exist, right? Because sometimes you just can't get rid of them. So what you do is you just acknowledge that they're there. And then you look for ways on how you can change those thoughts, right? And how you can make them actually serve you instead of be a defeating process. And so what we talk about with this cognitive behavioral therapy is, you know, just focused all on the thoughts. We also talk about the different types of, so I talked about anxiety and depression, but it also helps with obsessive compulsive disorder, panic disorder, a lot of psychological disorders. Um, it can be completed. So you can go to like a general therapist or you can go to a sex therapist, whoever you want. Usually a therapist is the one that helps you with the these thoughts uh and helps you to move forward but again sex coaching is there and it does similar things and if you go to a sex coach that knows what they're doing they can use that cognitive behavioral therapy to help you with your thoughts and i think the benefit of going to a sex coach is that if you're having sexual health issues right if you're having experiencing vaginismus if you're experiencing erectile dysfunction if you're experiencing premature ejaculation a lot of it not only is it physiologic but it's a lot a huge component is in the brain. And so if you're able to go to somebody that understands that both the physical and also the psychological component, then I think you're in good hands because then they can address the full, I would say the full scope of the problem and you would get a more holistic approach. 
you know, relatively speaking, cognitive behavioral therapy can be completed in a short period of time compared to like other talking therapies. It's also highly structured. Sometimes they give you like homework, self-help books, there's books online. It also teaches you some useful practical strategies that can be used in everyday life. And that's, again, it goes back to what I was talking about is if you start to have those negative thoughts, you know, you can stop the, acknowledge them, right? Stop them. You don't have to believe them. And then you can decide to choose the thoughts that are serving you. It can be as effective in treating some mental health problems as medication oftentimes. So that's why, you know, this is really, really helpful. And it really helps a person's capacity to change themselves, right? So you're really working on changing your own thoughts and feelings. And you're working on how to improve those medical conditions that may be causing a problem. A lot of times also with this type of therapy is that, you know, when people have suffered some type of trauma or abuse, they can um, really have a hard time moving forward. And that can prolong the anxiety and the dysfunctional behavior long after the incident has occurred. And so that's when it's definitely time to see a therapist and of course, to see perhaps even a psychiatrist that can help you, right? Because then you may need longer treatment, you may need some medication, you may need some help to really untangle all of those thoughts that are running through your head. So, you know, using cognitive behavioral therapy will really help you to prevent going back to your default thoughts and your behaviors and help you to really move forward and get unstuck from the bad patterns that kind of keep you where you are instead of helping you to move forward. So really helpful and really, really important, especially when it comes to sex coaching. I think that, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is really the modality that a lot of sex coaches should use because I really feel that that's really getting to the core of the problem. So let's focus now on Sensei Focus. What exactly is it and why is it so great? Why do I love Sensei Focus? So, you know, I've talked about Sensei Focus before and I spoke a little bit about it uh, during the Vaginismus uh, podcast, but Sensei Focus is really a technique that is used to improve intimacy and communication between partners, around sex and different types of performance anxiety that people may have, right? And it's goes, it goes away from being really goal-oriented to really just experiencing intimacy for the sake of intimacy, for the sake of exploration, for the sake of just pure enjoyment of yourself and not really for anything else except for that. This is great, I feel, especially for people that have never been intimate with anyone ever. So say it's, uh, you know, so if we're talking about Muslims, Muslims are not supposed to be intimate outside of marriage. So let's say that, you know, it's your wedding night, right? And you are really anxious and you're really worried and you don't really know. Well, first things what I would suggest is get familiar with your anatomy and the anatomy of, you know, through books and whatever, maybe an educator that knows about sexual health really try to understand the anatomy uh, of yourself and of your partners. And then I would say that, you know, the sensate focus is fantastic for that because what happens is that you're not, you know, there's a lot of pressure, I think, on new couples to have intercourse right on their wedding night, which I don't think is really 
a great idea, especially if you're not familiar with the anatomy and you don't know what you like and what you don't like. And I think that it just puts unnecessary pressure. I think that you can kind of prolong it. And and what helps with that is using the sensate focus, right? So what you're doing is you're not, your goal is not to have this, you know, uh, penile vaginal intercourse the first night. The goal is to just get used to each other's bodies, to get used to the texture, the 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 pressure, the feel of that person, and then slowly make your way through, right? So you're not putting all that pressure on you that first night to have intercourse because it just may not happen. It may not work. The, you know, you may not. Um, it may be too painful. You may experience vaginismus. Your partner may have erectile dysfunction. I mean, there might be so many things that are going on, right? Everybody may be so into their heads that it doesn't really work out. So that's why I think the sensate focus is really helpful for individuals that it may be their first time or for individuals where they have experienced trauma or abuse. You know, this is a really great way to get back into becoming physically intimate with somebody. And it was developed by actually Masters and Johnson, which were the kind of, you know, they think as the, basically the grandfather and mother of sexual medicine, right? They were the researchers in the 1960s that came up with the, um, the sexual response cycle. And I'll get into that a little bit when uh, in my next episode, but they're the ones that actually came up with this. And then many researchers and psychologists have elaborated on the process, but they were the ones that kind of came up with that. And it's a series of touching exercises that a couple completes in a sequence. And the aim of the exercise is for the partners to basically let go of their expectations and judgments of mutual touching and just focus. So really being mindful and focusing on the sensory aspects of touch, like temperature and texture and pressure. And so the idea is to really allow the couple to relax and be mindful of the sensual touching experience without being weighed down by preconceived ideas of what should happen and what doesn't happen and all that stuff, right? So it's really described as mindful touching or non-orgasmic, non-arousal focused touch. And that's what's so great about it is that there's no kind of end goal, right? That you're trying to achieve. No, it's not for any of that. It's rather, it's just for the experience. It's just for the temperature, the texture, the touch, and just to be really just present. And it's, it's really like exploring a new land. You know, you go to, you're going to go visit somewhere and you just want to get a lay of the land. You just want to kind of check it out, see what's out there, right? It's not for any purpose except for your own exploration. It's kind of what Sensate Focus is. It's really, you know, there's no end goal. You're not trying to achieve anything. You're really just exploring for your own sake and to see what you like, what you don't like, what your partner likes. And so there's a, a definitely a stepwise process in this. Okay, so I'll get into a little bit of this, of what exactly that stepwise process is. So it's a five-step process, okay, and it involves the following. So the first step is that you do this non-genital touching, okay? So it's basically there's you have both partners that are clean and well-rested and unclothed, right? So both of the individuals do not have any clothes on. And during, during these sensate focus exercises, right? So you also want to do it during a time when you have time 
to just relax and be present, not when you have like 50 things going on and you know, you've got like dishes you're worried about and the kids are screaming and all this stuff. I mean, that's really not going to work. Um, you really want to do it during a time when you can have this alone time with your partner and just focus on being present and in the situation. Okay. And if for some reason, right, the two partners do not feel comfortable being naked, then, you know, they should at least just wear some loose clothes, but comfortable clothing. And what happens is that one person is the toucher, the other one is the receiver, and they, and then they switch roles. So the first person who is the toucher, you know, what happens is that they just touch the other person without touching them anywhere in the body that's um, that could arouse that person. So you don't want to, right? So this is the step one. So where this is a five-step process, in the first step, you're not going to touch the person in any way that would be arousing to them, okay? So not their breasts or their genitals or anything like that. And those were considered off limits in the first step, just to reinforce the importance of really the sensuality and touching as opposed to touching for the purpose of arousal or sexual stimulation. And so basically what you're doing is the couple just experiences touch for the purely the sensory level of it. Okay. That's all you're doing. You're feeling the fingers on the body of their partner without judgment, without expectations or preconceived notions. You're just, it's simply to touch. And then what happens is that the toucher, so the person who is touching, really just focuses on the temperature, the texture, the contours, the partner's body, and what happens, you know, the rhythm or the pressure of the touch, and then they switch. So in the middle of this exercise, right, so once the first partner is done, then they switch roles, and then the other person becomes a toucher, and the other person, the you know, the former person becomes a receiver. And it's the same thing. You're just, you know, touching your partner for the sake of just touching and noticing the change in texture, the temperature, all of that stuff of each other's bodies, right? And so that's why it's important, especially for somebody that's trying to overcome trauma or abuse or other things that may be impacting that person in terms of really receiving and accepting pleasure, that just getting reacquainted with their own body with another person's body is really, really helpful, okay? So of course, there's no set time frame for this step, and it's just a good, good idea to switch roles before one or the other partner becomes either bored or worn out or just tired, right? So you wanna just switch. Typically, it's about 15 minutes of touching per partner, so that it gives enough time to just explore sensations and without getting too tired, right? And you can do this step for as many days as you want. You know, like I said, this is a stepwise approach, uh, but you know, if you want to do the same thing the next day, that's totally up to you. If you want to take some time, whatever it works for you. Is, that's kind of the way it goes with Sensei Focus. Um, the step two, which is the, the, it involves like the genital touching and this step and the breast. So the second step allows for the same basic structure. The first step when the partners are taking turns being the touching and the receiver, but then they, they're able to go ahead and touch, you know, and of course this is consensual, right? So you always ask your partner for permission and you get consent from your partner, regardless if they're your wife or your spouse or whoever, you know, you always want to make sure you get consent. 
And again, the same goal, it's the same goal, it's still exploration. There's no sexual stimulation. It's just to kind of see what's going on and explore again each other's bodies. And then step three, you're adding lotion and lubricant. Step four is mutual touching. And step five is actually then you can proceed to intercourse. So that's why I like the Sensate Focus. And for anyone that's interested, you can definitely Google it online and you can look up the steps because it really is helpful, especially if this is the first time for somebody or if it's somebody that just wants to explore, right? Even if you just want to mix it up in your relationship, it doesn't matter, whatever you want. It's just, it's just a modality for you to basically get reacquainted with each other's bodies and to just change it up a little bit. And if it's you know something where for you, like I said, trauma or abuse or first time or just whatever, doesn't matter. You don't really have to have a reason. If you just want to try it out, you just try it out and you see what works for you. But really, I think it's a fantastic option for those that are unsure and not sure, you know, about their own body or about the partner's body, or you're just learning your anatomy, whatever. I think that it is a great modality and it slowly works you up. You're not, you know, there's no goal. And really, it's honestly pleasure. So pleasure is what Emily Nagoski says, pleasure is the measure. And that really is the whole point of this sensate focus is to get reacquainted with your body, acquainted with your partner's body and see what's pleasing to you, what's pleasing to them. And then you kind of rediscover it all between the two of you. And because intimacy coaching is really like this holistic approach to sexual issues, it can definitely be natural to, you know, once you start with this coaching to really start to examine your relationships and see how you can make it better, see how you can become unstuck from the ways that you think and from what may be holding you back to experiencing pleasure, right? Whether it's your, perhaps it's a lack of understanding of the human anatomy, perhaps it's um, feelings of maybe shame or, you know, you're so concerned about your body, body image issues, all of those things, right? It's to kind of let go of all of that so that you can be present in your own body and that you can experience pleasure for the sake of pleasure. And that's really all it is, right? There's no goal to any of this except to just see what you like and then go from there and hopefully to enhance your relationship with your partner. And that's really it. So I am done here and it's been real and really intimate. And if you have any questions about sexual coaching, coaching, I want you to send me a DM, right? Send, send me an email on drsadaf at drsadaf.com. Let me know what your questions are and you can always schedule a consultation. I specifically gear my coaching toward women because I am a gynecologist. So if there are women that are listening to this, if you have any questions regarding coaching, definitely, you know, make sure you email me, set up a consultation and we can get started on this because you really deserve the right to experience pleasure and move beyond any type of negative, negative stereotypes or negative thoughts that you may have so that you can experience pleasure in your relationship. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you need to a therapist, please go seek help with a therapist because they would be the best to go into your past and help you untangle whatever thoughts you may have regarding your past. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. <laughs>